This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. By request this week, a review of Royal Caribbean's Perfect Day at Coco Cay or Key whatever marketing slogan is being used at the current time. Also, staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. I do want to tell you, um, if you just got back from a cruise and you'd like to share a review, drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Doug at cruiseradio.net. We get a ton of requests for a ton of different ships, so we're always happy to take more reviews to accommodate listener questions. All right, staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. Well, the CDC has done it again. Yes, they have, you know, and this, this is another good one. Usually it used to be that when we said the CDC did it again, it was, we were all annoyed about something that they had Mm -hmm. done, but this is yet another bit of good news for cruisers and the industry as a whole. So it was only about a month ago that they took the travel warning down from a level four to a level three. Now they've dropped it again and they've taken it down to a level two. This happened on Monday, the 14th. Level two basically means that cruising presents a moderate health risk before, uh, at level three, it was a high risk. And, you know, before that it was like, don't do it no matter what you do when it was at level four. So this is actually really, really good. Um, the only way that it could be better is if they like lowered it to a level one and that could, that will probably happen eventually, but for that to happen, basically ships have to have fewer than 50 new cases per 100,000 passengers over a month's time. Actually, 28 days is how they measure it. But so that's what we need. We need for all of the ships collectively that are reporting to the CDC to have between them, not on each ship, between them, 50 cases or fewer per 100,000 people. So, you know, that's that's the indicator you'll know is when that happens, we'll lower it down to level one and things will be as close to normal as they've been in a long time. This next story you never want to see happen to a cruise ship, especially one you're on. Yeah, that's true. I can say that in all of my cruises, I've never had this happen. The Norwegian Escape was leaving Puerto Plata in the Dominican Republic. And apparently a combination of like, you know, there's very shallow waters as you're leaving the harbor and the winds, which have been pretty bad all over the place lately, apparently blew it into the the bow of the ship so that it wound up being caught in the sand. So they were basically stuck there. And a couple of tugboats came out and they hoped that they'd be able to pull it free, but that didn't work. So then they said, well, we'll wait overnight and the tides will rise and that will lift us and we will be able to sail out. And that did happen, except instead of sailing out and continuing with their voyage, they went right back to the dock. So uh, basically... Everybody on board had to be disembarked. They canceled the rest of the cruise. They had to, you know, fly everybody back to Florida, which is where the uh, ship had, the the itinerary had originated. And they were trying to assess how much damage was done, if any. 
and whether or not the next sailing would be able to go on. But, you know, like you said, that's that's not ideal. The good news is that while this was all going on, people on board were like still having a good time. They couldn't go to the casino because they were too close to shore and the shops were closed. But, you know, the liquor was flowing. The shows were going on. And by all reports, everybody was having a good time right up until the time they were told, yeah, no, your cruise is canceled. Get off the ship. On the plus side, they all did get a 100 percent refund and they also got a 100 percent um, future cruise credit so that they can uh, do it all over again, hopefully without that particular mishap. And could it be true, Australia reopening to cruise ships next month? It is. The current ban is set to expire on April 17th. We shouldn't say it is. We should say it's scheduled to. So hopefully, you know, Australia has been a real kind of a pain for the cruise industry because it's been so reticent to open back up to cruising but it looks like as of right now the ban is set to expire on on april 17th you know they will have a whole lot of requirements in place including double vaccinated they are not requiring boosters at this point but they are requiring double vaccinations and you know australia is actually in great shape where that's concerned because they're they're in better shape than america because 94 percent of australians are actually already double vaccinated that's a that's a huge percentage so that's good and clearly the local the, the the local ministers and government have decided that things are you know good enough in the country that they can continue this you kind of have to wonder if you know princess cruises maybe kind of in the back of their head knew this was coming or saw the numbers coming down and said, I bet they're going to make the change soon because they actually announced even before Australia, you know, officially said that they were going to be reopening for cruising princess announced that the coral princess will begin sailing out of there in uh, June of 2022. So, uh, and you know, it'll be interesting to see now that we know that the ban lifts on April 17th, will princess look at that and be like, you know, we said June, but um, let's do it a little earlier because there we can go. We're good to go now. Yeah, Princess over in Australia, over in Sydney and Brisbane, and it looks like uh, two new U.S. home ports. Well, at least it's been at least uh, half a decade or so since they've sailed from these two new ones. Yeah, so continuing with Princess, we found out that um, they are going to have two new deployments as of later this year. Um, The first is the Diamond Princess will be sailing out of San Diego in September of 2022, and the Ruby Princess will begin home porting in Galveston starting in December of 22. I'm not as familiar with like the Galveston port as I am with some of the others. It feels as if we're seeing a lot more ships being sort of headed toward Texas. Am I right in saying that? What it is is a lot of countries aren't open to cruising yet, like Australia until next month or China, Asia, you know, the whole area in general. So you have all this extra inventory that is usually dispersed throughout the globe all here in North America, and you can only put so many ships out of Florida. So you spread them out. Okay. Well, I uh, actually hope to sail out of Galveston one day. They have some good itineraries and some good ships there. So that would be uh, kind of a good port to give a try. And wrapping up Carnival's 50th birthday. You only get to turn 50 once and, you know, you might as well celebrate it as often as possible. Uh, This time around, it was kind of the official birthday. You know, we've had lots of things going on, lots of various, uh, the celebration sales and, you know, special, there there was a party in, in Nassau a week or two ago. So we've seen a lot of that, but this was the official party. It was held in Port Miami on board the Conquest. And the reason it was held in Miami is that is where the very 
first Carnival ship sailed from, which was the Mardi Gras. Not the Mardi Gras that we have now, obviously. The much, much, much smaller, much, much, much older, no longer with us version of the Mardi Gras. Uh, That was the very first ship. It was not the Carnival Mardi Gras, which is one of the reasons that the current ship, fun fact, does not sail as Carnival Mardi Gras. It sails as Mardi Gras, whereas all the other ships in the fleet uh, sail as, you know, Carnival Freedom, Carnival, uh, and the new ships, Carnival Celebration, Carnival Jubilee. Mardi Gras does not. Anyway, this was a you know, nice big event. They had a ginormous cake, and they gave $50,000 to the World Central Kitchen to support Ukrainian relief efforts. And they also gave another 50000 to their longtime partner, Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Greater Miami. So a lot of good was done. Doug, you were actually there for the party, I believe. It was a good time. I mean, it is what it is. A lot of the executives got together, you know, tossing around keys to the city and giving plaques and exchanging funnels, things like that. Not really, uh, you know, I think we're kind of 50th birthday to death, and I think it's a good thing that they keep celebrating it because it is a huge milestone. But I think new ship launches have a lot more excitement. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're right. I mean, I think there is a segment of the public that is very interested in the 50th birthday. They love collecting all the merch. You know, it's sort of like when Disney does their 50th anniversary. Every big company does that. But I think from the general overall cruise population, you know, of people who love cruising, I think you're right. They are more interested in, you know, when you get to see Queen Latifah dedicating a ship and you get to see the champagne bottle slam against the ship. Plus you get all the new details about a new ship here. We're not really getting new details about anything. It's really just a woohoo. We're 50. You know, I I will just say that when I turned 50, I don't remember it lasting quite this long. I think I had 14 hours that I was allowed to celebrate. Listener question and comes from Susan this week. It's a long one, but I feel like it's worth reading because it does involve integrity. She says, hi, I've been reading Richard's daily reviews of Norwegian Getaway. I was on the same ship, so the posting caught my eye. At first, I thought it was just an ordinary passenger pinning those stories, but then I realized it was written from someone at Cruise Radio. I was wondering if you were given free accommodations in exchange for a review. If so, that does change things for me in terms of authenticity. I doubt you would write something negative if given a free cabin, in this case, a suite in the Haven. So I'm just wondering, signed, Susan. I have a couple of thoughts on this, Richard, but I want you to go first since she was talking about you. Well, Susan, you know what? As much as I don't necessarily love having my integrity questioned, I do understand the question because I have had that exact same question. And I have seen reviews, you know, whether it's of cruises or a new hotel at Disney World, things like that, where you sort of wonder, you know, was this person given something free and does that impact the way that they choose to cover the event? Um, I can tell you that we were on not on, we were not on board as a guest of Norwegian. I wish we were, it was, uh, you know, if you've ever priced a two bedroom suite, it's not the cheapest thing in the world. So no, we were not in any way, shape or form. Uh, we did not get anything from them. We didn't get, you know, uh, sometimes when you go on a cruise, they might give you free Wi-Fi to help you with covering, um, cause they want, you to write about their ship, um, things like that. But we got absolutely nothing from them. Uh, I don't even think Norwegian was aware that we are on board. That is, though, like I said, it's a really important question. The reason that this kind of became an issue for her was she did not like the comedian on board. And I said very nice things about the comedian on board. And she that kind of 
raised a flag for her and made her think, oh, maybe they are being compensated and that's why they're saying nice things. No, it's just that comedy is subjective. I I have seen several people say that they did not like this comedian. I actually liked him a lot. Um, I thought he was very funny and under difficult circumstances because he had to do the show in the theater with only like, you know, maybe 100, 150 people. And it's a whole different experience working a crowd in a theater like that as opposed to a smaller space where, you know, if the person next to you laughs, you tend to laugh. Here, everybody was spread out. It was a tough room to work. And I thought he did a great job. As the trip reports go on, you will see there are things that um, that I didn't particularly like. I did not like the cruise director. I thought he was virtually invisible during the cruise. Uh, and that is, you know, something that I write about in one of the entries. I really do, you know, I understand the question because I look at a lot of um, not necessarily just cruise bloggers, but obviously because that is where my interest is, I look at a lot of them. And I'm always interested when I see them on ships when I know that they have been brought on board as, you know, it's part of a press junket or it's part of a press event and they don't note it. Um, we try and be really careful to make sure that we indicate in some shape or another that if we are a guest of the cruise line, because I think that is important. I think, you know, we never let that um, shade our coverage. We're still going to say whatever we're going to say, whether we liked it or didn't. But I do think it's important that the audience know if you are a guest of the cruise line. So if you read one of my reviews and it does not indicate that I'm a guest of a cruise line, then that means I was not. I was taught at a very young age by my parents that integrity is very important and it only takes a second to lose it. So it's very important to me. For the trips I do take, what can I say? I'm a huge cruise fan, been doing it for, well, since I was a kid. And for the trips that I have done since the restarts at the end of last June, I just got off my 15th one and 10 of them out of pocket because I love cruising. I'm very unapologetic about that. And five of them, uh, four were new launches. Let's see if I can remember them. Celebrity Apex, MSC Seashore, the Rotterdam and Odyssey of the Seas. And one was the very first sailing from the U.S. out of Florida, actually, a Celebrity Edge. I had an assignment from the TV station here in Jacksonville. Wasn't going to turn that one down. Everything else, I pay just like everyone else. I just probably have a, a lot more onboard credit and future cruise credits than the average person. You're right in saying integrity is everything. If the reader can't trust that what you are saying is true and that it is coming from yourself and not from you know the pocketbook of whoever is 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 sponsoring you, and it's undisclosed, what good is it? You know, like, why would I, why would I then trust your word? So I agree. I think that's incredibly important to both of us. Thanks for the email, Susan. I hope that gave a little bit of color to your question you asked there. If you have a question, you can always email me, Doug at cruiseradio.net. All right, staff writer Richard Sims, as always, thanks, my friend. As always, glad to be here. Have a tip or a lead on a news story? Let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
the world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. So Scott just returned from a cruise on Oasis of the season. I know we just did an Oasis interview a few weeks back, but I want to focus more uh, with Scott today on Perfect Day at Coco Cay. And uh, this is Royal Caribbean's private island, $250 million, basically transformed it from just an island with a little lagoon to a full-blown water park with a hot air balloon going 400 feet in the sky and all that stuff. So Scott joins us on the show. Hey, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to get some pre-cruise thoughts before we get to the island, because you're up in the Boston area. The ship sailed out of New York. So what made you pick this ship in this itinerary? We, I actually originally selected the cruise because it was going to go to Labadee in Haiti, their other private island. Mm-hmm. And a couple months before the cruise, we got an email that they were switching us to Cozumel because of some of the political issues in Haiti. So uh, was a little less excited about that, was really looking forward to a private island. And then luckily, about a month before the, the cruise actually happened, they sent another email saying that we were going to do NASA and Coco Cay. So uh, lucked out with, with that. What kind of research did you do before arriving at Coco Cay? Quite a bit. I definitely enjoy going on uh, all the websites and looking for, for tips and things. So I had done some pretty extensive research looking at their maps, looking at the different uh, attractions and restaurants and things on the island. So I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do once we'd get there. And I was really ready for it as soon as we got off the ship. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize uh, that there is a lot of things to do there without having to pay. Like, yeah, you have the hot air balloon and the thrill water park and all of that. But you can also, once you're there, you could spend the day on the island and not spend a dime. Yeah, uh, we didn't spend anything to the point where actually they, they messed up our drink order at one point and we actually got a drink for free and everything. So uh, we didn't spend a dime and it, it's a massive place. I mean, the first thing we did when we got off the ship was just kind of walked around the island and took like a circle of it. Mm-hmm. There are so many different beaches to, to explore, so many different areas. Some things that I had known were there and wanted to see, I didn't even get to see till the end of the day because we just hadn't gotten around to it yet. So it's, it's a really big place. What were some of those things? I know by like one of the snack shacks, they had a, a couple of the like life-size games. Uh, like they had a giant pool thing that you like kick the ball with your feet instead. Um, that was something that we, we didn't end up playing, but um, I wanted to see it before we left. So like I made sure to go out of my way to get there. So that was one of the things that I wanted to see. Um, and even the pool itself, because uh, there's a, a giant pool in the middle of the island. Mm-hmm. We barely got to that towards until the end of the day. Um, we spent most of the day on the beach earlier. Yeah, that pool in there is like, it's the largest, I think they said it's the largest freshwater pool in the Caribbean, I think they said, which it, it's massive. Uh, did you get to spend any it time is. in there? We did. We went in November, so it was a bit chilly. It's not a heated pool, mm-hmm. uh, we discovered, but it is really big. We went in a couple different areas of it, and there's some pretty cool loungers on the, the outside of it, too, which were nice to see. Nice. Yeah, that's one thing about the island, too. It's very walkable. You mentioned that you kind of made your way around mm-hmm. it. And like you can walk from, I believe the furthest point, point away is, I think, South Beach, the beach there, which is more towards, I guess, the northeast part of the island. And I think it was like a 15-minute walk for us whenever we did it. So like if people are worried about, you know, oh, my gosh, how am I going to explore the whole island? You could do it all by foot if you wanted to. Did you find yourself walking more or taking the tram? We didn't take the tram at all. Okay. Uh, we, we saw it pass by us, but we walked everywhere. I don't even think it took us 15 minutes to get to South Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do walk a little fast, but it didn't even take us that long to get there. It was really walkable, everything. Um, and then we ended up spending most of the day at Chill Island, which is the other part of the island and that beach. And we did that intentionally because it was pretty close to, to the, um, the buffet area for, for lunch and, and also pretty close to the pool for when we wanted to do that later in the day. So we kind of used that as our stepping off spot. 
Now, I know that Perfect Day has a lot of, I guess you call them like quick service walk-up snack bar type places with burgers and, you know, fried chicken sandwiches and things like that, fries and cheese sticks. But is there actually like, uh, I know a lot of the islands have, what do they call it, like an island buffet? Do they actually have a buffet buffet on the island as well? Yeah, actually, I think they have two of them. Uh, We only went to one of them. And they're actually a little bit better than, I've been to Half Moon K and Great Stirrup K before, and Mm -hmm. I found the one... Uh, on Coco K was much better. It had more than just like the normal burgers. Uh, there was actually a whole taco bar and everything, which is pretty nice. And they also had soft serve ice cream on the island, which uh, I have not seen in the past and it was nice to get that not on the ship. So the food there was was really good um, because it, you know, they're still under COVID protocols and everything. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't self-serve. Uh, so there were, there were people handing you the, the food, um, which did create a little bit of a log jam when it came to like getting salsa on your tacos because yeah. everyone was just standing there and one person would scoop a little bit of salsa on each and every taco. Um, so that, that created a little bit of a, a slowdown, but there was just so much more food than the normal, like barbecue and, and uh, burgers and hot dogs. And that was it. Chill Island has those, uh, I believe they have those hammocks, right? Yeah. We spent a lot of time in hammocks. Yeah. Uh, the hammocks were everywhere. There was plenty of them. So that was, that was really fun. I'm, I'm a big hammock fan. So that was great to see those literally like everywhere along the beach. And that's cool, too, because, you know, some places, like if you want a hammock or, uh, you know, some sh- basically shade, and of course, the hammocks are obviously under the trees, but they'll charge you for that. So it's cool that uh, Royal isn't charging for those hammocks at a perfect day. Yeah, yeah. And even the, the beach chairs have umbrellas and everything, too. That's, yeah. you know, no charge there. So pretty much we were able to do everything with, without paying for anything, which was nice. Are you one of those cruisers that, um, so you were there with another cruise ship. Did you know like far in advance, like, oh, we're going to be there with the this of the seas? I had seen that. I, I knew that they were going to be there, but our ship was actually only at 33% capacity. And I'm not sure it was freedom of the seas that was there. I'm not sure what they were at, mm-hmm. but the island certainly felt like pretty empty. It did not feel overly crowded at all. I don't know if that's normal when, you know, there's two large ships there that are at full capacity or not. I assume not because we weren't at full capacity, but it definitely did not feel crowded at all. I mean, the the only lines we really had were like waiting for like the salsa bar and, you know, maybe a minute or so, like it wasn't even that long. So really it felt pretty empty. Did you get to at least walk over and take a look at the Cocoa Beach Club by chance? We walked by it. It did look pretty cool. I know they have the um, like netting things that you could sit on over the water. So mm-hmm. that we saw some people using that, and that looked pretty cool. I don't know how much that is, and, and we didn't really look into that, but it, it did look really cool. I was looking at those prices. Uh, Two thousand dollars a day is what they uh, average goes for. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a wow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, it's a lot. But I guess if you have like if you're pulling your money together, and, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of you, and also you have access to that restaurant that serves like for lunch as part of the package deal, like filet mignons and lobster tails and all of this stuff. So, and even you have a butler that'll bring it out to you. So I guess if you have enough people there, it could kind of take from that $2,000. But uh, yeah, like we were saying, you don't have to actually spend money on the island to do something and have fun. Exactly. Yeah. And we even saw, I mean, we didn't snorkel or do any of like those excursions, but even just stepping into the water, I, I mean, we saw some stingrays like that were right there. We saw fish swimming around us. So like we even got to see some of those marine animals right by us in the water. Did you ever get a chance to go to the island back when it was just cocoa before they actually developed it? No, this was my first time on the island. I wasn't there back then. Yeah, so um, I'm old enough to remember that. And I will say that, uh, well, it's only like, what, five years ago. But I will say that it's so (laughs) much nicer with the pier for a bunch of reasons. The obvious is just walking on and off the ship. But um, I was counting and looking at my notes. I was, I've 
been on itineraries that called to uh, Coco Cay over the years 12 times, and we've actually only stopped seven times out of the 12 because wind and uh, the swells were so high in the area. So that pier is definitely welcomed. As far as security going on and off the ship, did you have to have your like a state ID or passport or because it's Royals Island, is it just like, hey, show us your ship card? They only asked us for the ship card. They still did put our like bags through the x-ray machine when we got back on board, which I thought was strange because anything that presumably we would have bought would have been from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's for like stealing shells or something, but we only needed to bring our card off. And it was really nice to, to be able to just kind of walk back on, uh, especially after a long day at the beach. The last thing you want to do is wait 25 minutes for the next tender boat back to the ship. Yeah, for sure. What kind of weather did you have? So ironically, our only perfect day was the day of perfect day at Coco Cay. Uh, We had a four-night cruise, and it rained every single day except for the day that we were on the island. So it didn't rain. It was sunny for the most part, but it wasn't too hot. Uh, We went in early November, and that's the first time I had done a November cruise. So not the weather I'm used to from more winter cruises, but it didn't rain. So that was the benefit there. Were you able to walk through the water park if you or the thrill area, whatever they call it, or did you have to actually like get admission to even if you wanted to just take a picture or walk by one of the slides? I'm not sure. We didn't try. There was like a kids area um, mm-hmm. of the water park that I think is included that we walked by briefly. There wasn't a lot of people there. I don't think there were that many kids on the sailing in the first place, but we didn't get to see like the actual water park at all. Was there a mask policy on the island? No, there was no mask policy on the island, only on the ship. And the only the only thing that made anyone really know about COVID, I guess, was the fact that they were serving you at the buffet and, and that you couldn't do that yourself. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, they they really have done such a great job developing this whole island. And it's, I mean, I guess, it, you know, at the startup, it makes a lot of sense for them to call there one or two days because, I mean, basically, every dollar that's spent there is essentially going right back into Royal Caribbean's pocket, you know? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a great place to be. I mean, even for the the passengers, like I'd rather go to any private island than than most other destinations because you just have everything there. You don't have to worry about you know going back to the ship for lunch or, or figuring out what excursions to do. You can walk off and kind of figure out as you go. And mm-hmm. you know, especially with that dock now, like we were able to stay until like the very last minute because you're just there. Like there's no worry about you know getting a taxi back to the ship either. I'm curious, Scott. Do you call it um, key or K? Mostly K. Yeah. Sometimes I go back and forth, but mostly K. I don't know if that's right or not. No. Yeah, I don't either. But when you listen to the song they play on repeat for the first two hours you're on the island, it says K, right? So it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song is an interesting thing, too. I, I had never heard of anything like that before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the night before we got there, they started playing it. And we all kind mm-hmm. of looked at each other like, what on earth is this? Yeah. <laughs> they did that. The cruise director made an announcement. And then like after his announcement, they played the whole song in its entirety yep. <laughs> over the PA system. I'm going, what is going on here? I've never heard anything like this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is certainly unique, but it, it's pretty catchy too. It, it is. sticks in your head for the, the whole day you're on the island. It, it is one of those earworms that sticks with you for more than just a day too. On the chill island that I was walking through there, we had some inclement weather. So a lot of the places were already kind of closed down for the day, but they have like an island uh, market, I guess you'll call it. What was like, mm-hmm. what was sold over there? A lot of Coco Cay merchandise. Uh, there's nothing that says Royal Caribbean. Uh, it all says Coco Cay, a lot of uh, Bahamian things. We didn't buy anything, but we looked at like sweatshirts and hats and things. There's a lot of shacks. There's a lot of different places that you can go in. I assume most of them kind of look like they had the same things, but there's a lot of different places to walk around. And it was nice to have that open because our other port on this trip was actually Nassau in the Bahamas and the straw market wasn't open. I don't know if that's, it just 
was bad weather that day or, or if that just hasn't opened in general yet. So it was nice to have some market open while we were in the Bahamas. Yeah, when I was over in Nassau earlier this summer, the uh, the locals were actually working on the straw market, which is really not a straw market anymore. But I was actually asking them when they anticipated it being opened, and they were saying sometime in early 2022. So I guess it's kind of uh, waiting for more ships to to come into port. Probably they'll uh, yeah. maybe onboard senior frogs and stuff by then as well, too. True. Yeah, there was very little open. Uh, the day we were there. Yeah, it was wild. Well, speaking of Nassau, though, like, how was your Nassau experience? I'm, I'm sure you've been there on other sailings. Yeah, this is my second time there. I basically did the same thing both times I was there. There's a beach, I think it's called Junkanoo Beach, mm-hmm. uh, about a 15-minute walk from the port. So, you know, nice to just go there and spend some time there. Unfortunately, it did rain, so we spent some time uh, in the water while it was raining. Um, and then as, as always, as soon as you start walking back to the ship, it clears up and, and the rain goes away. So that's pretty much all we got to do while we were there. But still, still nice to spend some time on the beach, uh, both that day and that perfect day. Do you remember back at the um, the craft market, the island market over there on Coco? Did they take cash or was it strictly just your um, sign and sale card? I'm not sure, actually. We didn't end up buying anything, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not sure about that. I know with drinks on the island, though, then they do take your sale and sign card. And actually, you could just charge it directly to the room, too. Like at the Swim Up bar, we saw some people who didn't have their card, and they were able to just uh, say the room number of the ship, and that worked perfectly. I, they didn't ask which ship it was either, so I'm not sure how they figured that part out because uh, there were two ships there that day, but mm-hmm. uh, you didn't even need your card for that. Yeah, it's crazy because like you would think that the cruise lines would, in a, like I was just on uh, Holland America a couple of weeks ago and we went to Half Moon and this the little straw market area uh, or craft market, whatever you call it, at Half Moon, they only take cash. And they didn't even tell us that or Carnival didn't tell us when I was here earlier this summer. So it's like, you never know. Should I take cash on the island to buy a, a little souvenir or should I just take my card? And it's really a crapshoot either way. But uh, I guess if anyone knows yeah. about that, yeah, shoot me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Um, so let's see here. We kind of covered the uh, the whole island here. What were your final thoughts of Coco? Yeah, I really liked the island. I thought the beach was a little bit less nice from a beach perspective compared to some of the other islands I've been to in the past. Uh, like great stirrup. I, I thought the sand just wasn't as sandy and the water was, I, I think you mentioned it earlier, a little bit more kind of closed off from the, the waves of the ocean. But the island itself, having a pool there was really nice, especially fresh water, which is not always the case on the cruise ship itself. Uh, nice to have that and nice to have all the different like eateries on the island. That was really nice. The Wi-Fi also works from the ship package on the island. So we were able to use the mobile app the whole time in terms of like what the hours of the restaurants were. So that was pretty nice to be able to have that and, and know that on the island as well. So overall, I, I really liked it. It was like a, a really, really good island. And I'm a fan of all the private islands because you just get to hang out for the day. So was really enjoyed it. Yeah. Speaking of great stir up, isn't it crazy how close Norwegian's island is to Coco? Yeah, it really is. I and When I was at a great stir up in the past, we looked over and saw some Royal Caribbean ships at Perfect Day. Yeah, they're like literally right next to each other. <laughs> I was over, uh, I think I did Encore at the end of 2019 and we we anchored off the coast and went to Great Stirrup, and there were two Royal Caribbean ships over there. And I was like just sitting on the beach thinking, I want to be over there. That looks cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does make you a little jealous, uh, especially uh, if you're on Great Stirrup now, seeing the, the ships docking there. I mean, that we, we can't speak enough about how nice it is to have a dock and not have to tender back and forth. 
Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Norwegian will have one eventually. Did you Did you see the uh, like the development they're doing on Coco as well? Like when we were there, there were some cranes and big trackers and stuff. Like they're going to maybe reveal a phase five or something uh, in the next year or so. Did you happen to catch that? Oh, we didn't see any construction. Okay, that must um, be fair. I mean, we, we spent most of the time on Chill Island, which I guess the other part. Totally of opposite. It, but yeah. No. Yeah, we didn't see any of that. Was the balloon flying? The up, up, and away? Yeah, we saw it. I think not much. So I don't know if that's just because of weather or there weren't enough people uh, on the two ships doing it. But but I think we did see it one or two times go up. Awesome. Well, Scott, in closing here, what are your thoughts of cruising um, in this startup environment as we start all cruising again? Yeah, I mean, I, I had been waiting a long time to get back on a ship. I already have my next cruise booked um, on, on Carnival in February. I think it's just nice to be back on the water. It's nice to be back there. I think they're clearly doing everything possible on the safety side. I mean, we all had to be vaccinated. We all had to be tested ahead of time. Uh, and even with that, they're still serving you at the, the restaurants and you know, make, having you wear masks and reminding you. So it, it certainly felt very, very safe. And it, it was just nice to be back on the water again and, and hearing all, all the you know, ever, all the things they were saying about we're so happy to have you back. It felt genuine and the feeling was very mutual. We've been talking with Scott about his recent visit to Royal Caribbean's Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Scott, thanks for giving us your review of the island and a peek into your day there. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.